Hello, and welcome to a new episode of From the Honeycomb, a podcast that creates a spark of positive energy. Here we discuss all things architecture and design, to travel, exploring Vastu Shastra with a modern approach, and I connect with other like-minded women to share their story. I am your host, Katerina Burianova, and welcome to From the Honeycomb. And welcome to today's episode, where I will be guiding you through the process of hiring an architect. The information I will be sharing is based off of my background and experience working in residential architecture, specifically high-end residential. I've had the opportunity to work in Prague, Czech Republic, Chicago, Illinois, and currently in Southern California, kind of the coastal area of South Orange County. Because of my experience and knowledge, today's episode will be about hiring an architect for a residential project. I do have limited experience with commercial projects and don't feel like I can give too much advice on hiring an architect for that project type. Now, as we begin every episode, we like to take a moment to ground down and think of something that we are grateful for in the present moment. Kind of bring this positive, you know, spark of positive energy, this gratitude into the episode. And for me right now, what I am grateful for is a lot of the rest I've had this past week. It seemed like kind of the beginning of March, which is when I'm recording this episode, it was kind of a whirlwind. It was my birthday and I started a newsletter and there was so much going on and a lot of exciting stuff on the personal end were happening and it was just a lot. And this past week, my husband, Jesse, and I, we just slept so much. I usually get up in the morning, get on my yoga mat, but this past week it was cold, it was rainy, and we would be in bed by like eight o'clock every night. <laughs> we were sleeping in till about 5.40 and we just got so much rest and it was so much rest that I needed, that my body needed and just really listening to that rest that my body needed. And I don't know, I was just, I'm really grateful that I didn't really push myself. I, you know, there's a lot of things I wanted to get accomplished this week. Like every week I'm always trying to get things accomplished, but this week the biggest thing I wanted to get accomplished was rest and rest I did. So I am very grateful for that. Now, before we begin discussing an architect and all that encompasses the process of hiring an architect, let's review what the role of an architect is. I do have another episode, episode number 13 on what does an architect even do, where I share a little bit more detail on what an architect does. But for this episode, let's do a quick little summary right now. So the role of an architect. An architect's role is to protect the health and safety and welfare of the public. We work on projects such as single family residential, commercial projects like restaurants, hotels, hospitals, airports. Really imagine any building being built and you're gonna need an architect. And not only can we make cool 3D renderings and sketch designs, we also draw and put together the set of plans and documents that are submitted to the city and also what the contractor uses to build from. Our drawings are called instruments of service and they are the blueprints, the big plans you see rolled up in movies and TV shows where the character whose occupation is an architect is holding. But don't even get me started on how poorly Hollywood portrays the role of an architect. I actually do vent a little bit about that on episode 13, so be sure to check it out. I'll provide a link in the show notes. Architects, we submit plans to the city, the county, state agencies. 
So from your local building department to, for example, here in California, we have the California Coastal Commission. And so in California, we submit plans to the Coastal Commission whenever a project is along the coastline, certain distance, for them to review and approve the project and let us get a permit to do the project. Now, from designing to submitting documents to the city through construction, the architect is there every step of the way, usually, to guide your project from a 2D drawing to actual construction. Now, when to hire an architect? Let's talk about your scope of project, like your scope of work, and what is the work that is going to be done. So a broad example of that could be you're doing a full-blown demolition of an existing house and you're going to build a brand new house on top of it with additional square footage. So you're removing the existing building, putting a new building, new house on top that's even bigger. That's your scope of work. But it can also be something a little bit more specific and maybe smaller scale. So you have an interior non-structural remodel of an existing bathroom. So you're taking a bathroom You're not changing the structure, non-structural, it's all interior work, and you're just remodeling. That is your scope of work. So based on what your scope of work is, you're more than likely going to need an architect for that construction project. Now, there are times when an architect isn't required, but that kind of depends on the laws of where you are planning to build. Now, how do you know that? Well, a good place to start is checking out your local building department, or you can go online to your city's website and see what their requirements are. But let's assume you've done all this and you've come to the conclusion that you need to hire an architect for your project and it falls under residential. So how do you find an architect? Well, there are so many ways to find an architect. Of course, the quickest thing is to Google find architect in my local area. That is if you're choosing to use someone local, but more on that later. You can also use social media, even Pinterest, house.com, H-O-U-Z-Z.com. Maybe you know someone who recently worked with an architect, ask them for their contact information and, you know, you can use them. You can also buy architectural magazines like Architectural Digest, Dwell. They have a ton of ad spaces for firms in your region, or you can see what designs you like, look up that architecture firm, because magazines are a really good place for inspiration. I've also worked at firms when I worked in Chicago. We were in Architectural Digest a few times, and so just in the Architectural Digest that kind of came out in the Midwest, so that was a way you could find an architecture firm. Now, let's say you are thinking about hiring someone local. You can just drive through your town and maybe see signs on buildings, maybe look for something that says like the word architect, which is actually funny because that's how I found the firm I work at now. I literally drove by the office, saw that it was an architecture firm and applied and got the job. So sometimes just good old fashioned driving by and seeing the name on a building can help you find an architect. Now, maybe you have a family or friend who is an architect reach out to them. I know working for family can be a touchy subject because, you know, everybody wants that family rate and things like that. So talk to them about it. Maybe they can recommend someone for you. That is always a possibility. And, you know, you know your scope of work. So when you're looking for an architect, you want to look for someone who has experience in whatever it is that you are going to be building. Like in our episode today, we're talking about hiring an architect for your home. So you wouldn't want to hire an architecture firm that specializes in universities and hospitals. You'd want to look for someone who has done residential homes. So keep that in mind as well. Now, do you have to hire a local architect? What if you found one from out of state or even out of the country? Well, depending on one of the things is the complexity of the city you will be building your project in, it could be a better choice to hire someone local who's accustomed to the submittal process in that town. 
for example, I work in a very niche coastal city of Laguna Beach in California, where the submittal process, it's, it's kind of challenging. And a lot of out-of-state or out-of-town architects struggle to understand how to get plans processed through. And so many homeowners look for local architects to work with. Also at the firm I work for now, we've worked with a firm who was out of state and they were working on a residential project in town. We helped them submit plans through the city, help them go through the design review board process, help them submit construction documents and kind of be their local architect who helped them process stuff. But they were a firm in another state. And that kind of all depends too on if you want to do a local or a you know out of state or out of country project uh, architecture firm, because it also depends on your budget. When you think about it, if someone is from out of state or out of the country, you're going to have to have them probably fly out a few times to look at the job site, you know, review things. I know we have Zoom stuff now, but you're probably you know the architect is probably going to want to come out and look at the site themselves, so you will have to pay them to come out. It also depends on how involved they want to be. So, you know, are they going to be coming, flying in every month to check on stuff? You know, review that with them. But it is possible. There's actually a residential project in one of the towns I'm working in where the firm is from South Africa. So the resident found a firm they like in South Africa, and that's who's doing their drawings. And they've assuming they've hired a local architect to help them through the process. But just know it's possible. You don't necessarily have to hire a local architect. There's definitely disadvantages and advantages to hiring either one. It just depends on kind of your level of comfort and also your budget. So lots of things to consider, but it's possible to hire an architect from out of town. All right, so you found an architect, or maybe a few, that you would like to interview. How exciting. I'm so excited for you. But let's review a few things you may need to ask your potential architect. One thing that I really want to stress the importance of is hiring a licensed architect. Make sure the person you are hiring is licensed. You can ask them for their license number, look them up. You know, sometimes people say they're an architect or an architectural designer if they use the word architect in their title, but they must be licensed. This is very specific to the U.S. If you are international, I don't know what the requirements are per country, but just kind of make sure their credentials, they have credentials that they did go to the university. Because in the U.S., when you are a licensed architect, it means you have a architecture degree from an accredited university that you completed the required hours under a specific licensed architect. So you've worked for someone who's licensed and it's about 3,700 hours. You've passed all of the six national exams. If you live in some states like California, we have to take a seventh exam specific to that state. So all of that they've done, they are a licensed architect. There are designers you can hire that aren't architects, but there's only so much a designer can do when eventually you may need the stamp of a licensed architect to submit drawings to the city. So that's, again, when you're doing your research at the beginning, finding out at the city, you know, do you need an architect, do you need a designer? finding out what you you need specific to your scope of work, but do make sure if you're hiring an architect that they are licensed. Now, when you're meeting with them and you want to know, you know, how did the, how is it, what is it like working with this architect? So ask for references from previous clients or maybe contractors or designers and follow through by calling these references and asking them. And that's kind of how you'll get a sense of, you know, how is that person or that firm or that company, how are they to work with? And number three, cost, budget. That's something you absolutely need to review with your architect when you are meeting with them. It's very important. Budgets and costs are very, very important. One question I got from Instagram was, how do you know if you are being charged a reasonable fee for your project? So 
One thing you can do is meet with several architects and compare their rates. At the firms I've worked with, what we do is we bill out hourly for projects, but the hourly rate differs based on who's working on the project. So my boss, the principal architect, will bill out, he'll charge for his time at a much higher rate than he would charge for my time as a project manager or back when I was an intern or even now as a project architect. Because of my experience, and I'm also not like the boss, my hourly rate will be lower. And so you'll get a fee based on multiple people working on your project and at different stages of the project. The boss will probably be there for the design, client meetings, things like that. And then the firm will have drafts people and other people working on kind of the behind the scenes of getting the drawings put together, submitted. So the fee you get, it kind of varies depending on who you're hiring to, which brings up a question of, should you work with a large firm, a small firm, or a sole proprietor, which is a self-employed one-person kind of company? Well, that all depends on your scope of work and kind of goes back to what are you looking for in the firm you want to hire? Now, I've never worked for a firm larger than five people, so I cannot speak on the experience of hiring a large firm, but I do know with a small firm, you will have more access to the principal architect, like the boss, more than you probably would at a larger firm. I think you'll have an even more personal experience hiring someone who works for themselves because they wear all the hats. They're the boss, the main architect, the principal architect. They probably do all the drafting unless they subcontract out their drawings, but they kind of wear all the hats. They're there from the beginning to the end of a project. So you will have one person who partakes in every aspect of the project. And that kind of goes back to deciding, you know, what do you prefer? Do you prefer to have someone who's there every step of the way? Or are you looking for more of a larger firm with a bigger team? You know, maybe you have a bigger house, you know, things like that. So that's kind of what you want to look for. But let's go back to cost. One question I also got on Instagram was, can you negotiate with an architect on their price? And I guess that's a tough question. That depends on the architect and their fee structure and their contract and how busy they are. You know, if an architect is super busy, they may not need your work at that time. So they may just charge you whatever price they want. Of course, when there's slower times economically, the architect may say, you know, gosh, like I really need this job. Maybe there is a way you can negotiate, but that is completely up to the architect. And that's something you're going to have to talk to them specifically about. Budget is when you're interviewing with an architect, really make sure you talk about budget. Now, some architects may require you to pay a retainer fee, which is kind of like a deposit at the beginning of the project. You may get this retainer fee back at the end once they've confirmed you've paid them, or they may use this retainer fee to start the project before your first payment. It all really depends on the fee structure of the firm. Money and budget is so important, so make sure to review with the architect what the fee payment system will be like, because you may need to take out a loan. For the project. You may also need to rent a house while your house is under construction. I mean, there are so many things you need to account for in your budget as well as the drawings, the design, city processing, and eventually the cost of actually building the house and materials, you know, labor, just the cost of construction. There is a way to kind of estimate how much an architect's fee is going to be, and that's the percentage of what a project is. So for example, in the area I work in, high-end residential in South Orange County, our architecture fees are about 10% of the cost of construction. So say that a project costs a million dollars to build, 
we can estimate that our fees will be somewhere around $100,000. Um, but that's, again, specific to high-end residential, also where I work. But I would say, yeah, like maybe 8 to 10% of what your construction cost will be is probably where your fees are going to be with an architect. That also depends on how involved they are. So there's a lot, a lot that goes into it, a lot that's involved. So just kind of, yeah, budget though. Budget is a huge thing to talk about and be open, I think, with, with your architect too about budgets. Another question I got on Instagram was about, you know, hiring architect is what happens if you've chosen an architect and maybe they've declined you as a client? Like you really wanted to work with someone, you met with them, everything seemed great. And then they don't want to work with you or they kind of say, we can't take you on right now. So it often happens when an architect is simply too busy to take on your project or the scope of work maybe isn't what the firm is looking for, you know, one thing to keep in mind is if you are looking to hire a like a sole sole owner, sole proprietor, sole small company, is they may not be able to fit you in their schedule. So that's something, you know, maybe if you really want to work with this architect, talk to them about their schedule and maybe, you know, they say, well, maybe in, you know, three to four months time, I could have time to work on your project. You know, be mindful of, of schedules and things like that. That could be a reason why an architect maybe doesn't want to hire you or work with you, I mean. Um, this can also happen if the architect maybe doesn't see you as their ideal client. And yes, this can happen. Hopefully they don't come out and say it and are like, hey, you know, I don't want to hire you. You know, I don't want to work with you because you're not my ideal client. But it could happen because when you think about it, when you hire an architect, you are committing to a relationship with that person or that firm, that team for not only the next few months, but most likely the next few years. There are projects that we have going on that go from five to seven years. And depending on the submittal process and how long construction takes, and then you have a pandemic that hits in the middle of construction and slows everything down. When you hire an architect, you are going to be hiring. It's an intimate process, especially residential. Residential architecture, I believe, is so intimate. I mean, you are, someone is designing their home for you. They're designing the space that you're going to be eating, sleeping, raising your children, going, you know, working in, having all those memories. I think I just, residential architecture to me is such an intimate just intimate form of, of design. And when you're with, working with that architect, keep in mind the personalities. And because you're going to be spending a lot of time with this architect and depending on how involved they are in the project, you will be working with them, meeting with them weekly. I mean, there's just, you're going to be spending a lot of time with them. And so there's going to be fun times with the architect or the firm that you've hired, you know, when you're designing and everything's fun and everything's great. But know that there's going to be times where you're going to have to have hard conversations, especially when it comes to schedule and budgeting and once contractors get involved and other team members get involved. So when you're selecting an architect, make sure you take this into consideration too, is personality matters. Make sure you like who you're going to be spending time with. Now, let's say you've hired your architect, but you don't like the design or something comes up and you want to terminate your contract. What do you do? Well, first, I'm going to tell you, go to the contract that you have first and see what it says about terminating your contract and make sure you have a contract. That's a huge thing. Like sometimes I know like older generation architects, and I've seen this happen, like a handshake is kind of an agreement, but make sure you have a contract because things will be going great at one point. But if something goes wrong and there could be, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars involved, you want to make sure you're protected as well. The architect's going to want to make sure they're protected. You're going to make sure they're protected, especially in the United States where everybody likes to sue each other. So make sure you have a contract. That is a huge, 
thing. Now, some architects may require you to pay a fee to terminate their contract because when you sign them up, they may have had to turn other projects down so that they could free up their schedule and have only your project. And now they've lost those other projects, especially if it's like a smaller firm or maybe the firm is a lot of people want this firm or it's a very popular firm. You may have to pay a fee. Hey, if you terminate the contract... Now you have to pay a fee because all this time we thought we were going to be working on your project. We now have to go search in for another project. So it'll all be written in your contract. So yeah, terminating contracts, it's it's a touchy subject. Hopefully you're, you're not terminating it at a bad time, but I've worked on projects where an owner has had you know a bad experience with the first architect or the first and second architect. It also happens. And you know, then we come on as a new architect and, you know, it's kind of a, that's also something sometimes that happens and it's kind of a, an interesting dynamic I've noticed um, when we have projects. So to avoid, you know, hopefully not having to terminate your project, really take your time when selecting an architect and making sure that they are someone that you want to work with because, like I said, you're going to be spending a lot of time with them. But yeah, it comes up and maybe you need to terminate the contract or you're not happy with them. And that does happen. So really make sure you have a contract and make sure you read what your contract says about terminating the contract, especially if you don't like the design or maybe the payment's weird or the personalities aren't matching. There's so many reasons why. So just go back to the contract on that. One other question I got on Instagram was, can you get your money back if you don't like the design? Again, I'm going to tell you go back to the contract, but I would say no. You've hired someone to spend hours designing and working and drawing on something for you. And in in my opinion, they should be paid for the work that they did, the time they spent working on this. Now, that could vary. You know, maybe they just spent way more time than you had thought. One thing that happens is during design phases is, you know, the architect may design something for you and like you like the floor plan, but there's a few changes you want to make. So then the architect has to go back and make those changes. And then they present it to you again. You know, there's a few more things you want to change. Depending on how your contract is set up, you may have to then start paying for these additional changes as well, because maybe the architect said, hey, I'm only going to do, you know, two changes, two of these, you know, revising these drawings. But after the third or fourth time, you know, maybe the owner, you can't make up your mind on certain things, or maybe you're just like, I want to keep exploring and exploring. You got to pay for their time, I believe. Something that in the architecture industry really frustrates me is how little value is put on the design phase of a project. Because I've heard so many clients think like design should be free because they don't understand that even though the end result is just a drawing or just a rendering, they don't understand how much time it took, how much design, how much thought process creating. Like it's not your, you are paying for something tangible because you are paying for the plans, but It's that creative process, you know, you're not paying for those 500 sketches I quickly drew on trace paper, you're paying for that 101, you know, one version that I finally, you know, finally thought was the design to present to you as an architect, as my client. So it's drawings take a lot of time. So if you're not happy with the design that was, you know, made for you, go back to your contract, kind of see what that means and or have an honest I mean, personally if I had a client who didn't like what I was designing with them and they were going to terminate the project, I'd rather you come to me tell me, "Hey, this just isn't working for me. I don't like X, Y, and Z. You know, how can we make this design better?" That's only speaking for myself, though. I don't know how other architects are. I know a lot of architects have egos. So 
it's kind of a, that's a tough one if you don't like their design, but I think being honest, open about and transparent because you are paying someone to do something and keep in mind, once it's on a 2D drawing or a rendering, eventually it's going to happen in real life. It's going to be built. So if you don't like it, say so. I think I had a project recently where the clients, you know, we were drawing a few things and we were kind of doing some exploratory of, you know, what happens if we opened up this wall between the kitchen and the family room and then they'd have a big open space that they could see from the kitchen into the family room. And well, that meant a lot of more structural work. And they're like, no, we kind of like our kitchen how it is. And during the meeting, they kind of apologize. They're like, oh, you know, sorry, we, we thought we were interested in this design, but now we kind of want to go back and we don't we don't want this anymore. And I told them, this is the time to make those decisions. It is much cheaper for me to change it on my AutoCAD or my, you know, whatever, if you're using Revit, any three, any software program, it is cheaper to change that than once we're halfway through construction and you decide to change it. I said during the design phase, I'm like, this is the time when you should be making design decisions, you, you know, explore different options. But if you don't like the design, yeah, yeah talk to your architect. You got, and oh my gosh, communication. I didn't even write this down in my notes. Communicate, communicate, communicate with your architect. One thing I do want to mention is during construction, sometimes I've noticed the architect, and this happened on a project of mine recently, the contractor and owner, of course, start to work you know, more together. The architect isn't always there, and the architect is kept out of the loop. And when you've brought on an architect, especially an architect, like if you hired me, I would like to stay on during the construction project, which I actually, some most architects, I believe you have to because of your insurances, and you just want to make sure that what you drew is what actually got built, but is making sure the architect stays involved during the construction process because there was an instance where if you follow me on Instagram, you know there was I had to do a construction revision, a change to the plans, but because we had so been far removed from the construction phase of the project, it took three times as long for me to update the drawings, get everything I needed to, because there was also structural changes and I had to do the structural engineer. I also had to talk to the steel manufacturer, like get to get all the drawings that I needed for the city to approve these changes to the plans. Had I had we as a firm been more involved, it wouldn't have taken as long, but keeping your architect informed, especially during the construction process, especially when you're making design changes while you're walking through the job site during construction, because some of those changes like the city I work in, may require additional approval. Oh, you actually do want to put a skylight there after we kind of talked about it, but it's not on the plans. You're going to have to go through an admin design review process like in the city I work in. So there's a lot of changes that can happen. Just make sure you communicate with your architect once you are in the construction phase. Just wanted to kind of throw that in so we don't talk about just about hiring an architect, but once you are working with an architect. And maybe I'll do an episode about what to kind of like now that you've hired an architect, maybe I'll do an episode on that is like kind of how do you work with an architect once you've hired one? I don't know. We'll think about that. There you have your guide to hiring an architect for a residential project. I hope you have found this episode to be useful. I hope if you had some questions, you know, you are thinking about hiring an architect. Super exciting time for you. I'm super excited for you. I think being able to work with an architect is 
is super fun. I've never been on the side of hiring an architect. I'm, I've always been on the architect side, but I'm. It's such an exciting time. I love meeting with new clients. I love you know that kind of fun energy at the beginning of a project or when you're getting to know someone. There's just so much, so much fun energy, and of course it is throughout the project too. But I think it's such an exciting time for you. And and so I hope I answered a lot of your questions. Or if you were kind of like weren't sure, you know, what to ask an architect when you're hiring someone for your residential project. Hopefully this episode kind of helped answer some of those questions. And then if you ever have any other questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I would love to answer them. You can follow me on Instagram at From the Honeycomb Podcast. I post a lot of little architectural reels and videos and I kind of do share in my stories like site visits and like kind of fun architectural stuff. I try to make it fun and light and interesting. Uh, So yeah. So if you like this episode, please give it a heart or thumbs up and click the follow button so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes. As I said, you can follow me on Instagram at from the honeycomb podcast. You can sign up for my monthly newsletter in the link provided in the show notes. I have a monthly newsletter that comes out on the seventh every month. We have some architectural fun, architectural articles in there that you can definitely check out. And thank you so much for listening and see you next Friday.